Welcome to Single Mom Stories with Kelly Travis, a show that brings you stories and conversations about life as a single mom, the mess and the beauty and everything in between. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Single Mom Stories podcast. I hope you are having a great day, a great week, getting through it. There's been a lot of stuff happening in our world. And I have had many, many conversations with clients and friends who are struggling a bit, really kind of moving through every emotion from fear and anxiety to anger to all the things in between. And I just want to say that because if that's you, I want to share so that you know you're not alone. You are human. (laughs) And all I can say is give yourself grace, be patient with yourself, allow yourself to feel all the things. It's tough right now. I get it. Especially as parents, we have a lot of concern for our children as things are continuing to happen in our country, if you're listening from the United States, that affect them. And I know myself as a mom, I'm concerned for the safety of my kids and the future and just want to say that you're not alone. And I highly encourage you to have a good solid group of people around you you can talk to Seek help from a therapist if you feel that's necessary. Do the things you know you need to do to move through it. Okay, with that said, today's episode is a solo with me, and I'm really excited about this conversation. I've been meaning to do this for a while on this podcast, and I'm finally doing it. I don't know how many of you know this, but as part of my business, I am a certified Enneagram practitioner. And over the years, the Enneagram has become more and more popular as a personality assessment. You know, we know all the traditional ones like Myers-Briggs and DISC and some of those. The Enneagram is my favorite because not only does it tell you who you are, and how you behave. It tells you why you behave that way. It provides you so much insight on your strengths and your weaknesses, how you show up when you're stressed, how you show up when you're healthy, your blind spots, how to communicate with various personalities. I use this in my work with teams. I use it with individuals around their goals and goal setting and uh, in communicating with their partner. And today, I'm sharing how this can be helpful in parenting. So knowing your Enneagram type is a lot of fun. It can bring you all of this insight. It's a great way to grow. And as we all have learned, like transformation doesn't happen overnight. So it gives you these opportunities to go for some milestones in terms of growth and change. Never in using Enneagram is the purpose to change who we are, to change our personality. It's to understand our personality, identify how we can get better, but never to change. So I'm going to share some things that you might identify with and go, but we're all going to feel that way. So if you've ever been through the Enneagram assessment and had results, you know that like in reading it, it's kind of one of those things where you're like, cringing at parts that you know are 
true about you, but we don't want that. Like that's natural, but the purpose of this conversation is to just really highlight our strengths, your parenting style, and some other things, um, and also where the opportunity for growth is. If you don't know your Enneagram type, that's okay. I'm going to put in the show notes an episode I did on my other podcast about the nine types. And also, if you're really interested in doing a deep dive in this area, I'd be more than happy to work with you. You can reach out to me, kelly at kellytravis.net. Just put Enneagram in the subject line and we can talk about how we can get you hooked up with an assessment and do a one-on-one to help you in the parenting aspect of your life or any other aspect. I highly recommend it. What I don't recommend though, although it is very appealing for many, is to take an online one. The free ones are what I'm talking about. They're not accurate um, and it can be really confusing. There are so many layers to this assessment that nobody is just one type, like just clear 100% one type. So it can be uh, a little, well, it can be inaccurate. Okay. So for the sake of today, I'm going to just go through each type. I'll give you the details and then of course, how you can grow as a parent. And then maybe after you have figured out your type, you can come back to this um, or we can even work together, which I would love. All right. So let's start with type one. That is the reformer. We used to call type one the perfectionist, but they changed the title of this. The reformer's strengths are consistency, integrity, honesty, responsibility, self-discipline, ethical beliefs. Reformers want to do the right thing, want to follow the rules, are black and white thinkers for sure. And as parents, if you are a reformer, your style is typically to have high expectations, to keep to schedules. Like I said, black and white thinkers, following rules is important to you, and you don't want things to go wrong. As I mentioned, this type used to be called a perfectionist, and so you can think a lot in terms of that. You probably believe in order and rules, maybe have strict perspectives on things, might start to get a little anxiety when toys are outside of the playroom or there's a mess in the car or on the floor or if kids are not like eating with the right manners. So it can be something that really kind of gets under your skin. Ones will excel at creating security for their children with boundaries and healthy discipline They also instill a strong sense of responsibility in their kids, which sets them up for success later in life. But they might struggle. You might struggle with spontaneity, like I said, like disorder or messiness, and definitely avoiding judgment towards other families with different ways of living. So maybe you see somebody else's house and it's super messy and you're like, oh my God, how do they live this way? Because in your house, it's like clutter-free and very organized. Ones don't come to my house. (laughs) You'll panic. So I think we've painted a good picture of the one in terms of a parent. The potential projection for a one, because we all have them because of how we see the world. Ones see the world as 
it's imperfect and I need to be perfect and make everything in it perfect, right? So if you know one or you have a one in your life, they might be the person who is trying to help you like make everything in your life perfect. And you're like, I don't really care about that stuff. But they think that you do because they do. So a potential projection for a one is that it's not okay to make mistakes. And so as a parent, ones can teach that to their kids. And sometimes this can be problematic. So watching out for that. Things that might cause you stress if you're a one in terms of being a parent is feeling like you have to do it all. Disobedience, uh, lack of respect from kids, criticism of yourself as a parent or of your kids, and mess, messiness. We've already covered that. That's a clear one we've made very clear. Um, The other one is dishonesty. Ones do not tolerate dishonesty, and that's a very big part of parenting. Now, the growth here, which probably won't be a surprise if you're a one, but it's really to work on becoming less rigid, trying to be more spontaneous, learning how to process and express anger properly because ones can carry a lot of anger and reminding yourself that there is more than one right way. So if your child or your co-parent sees parenting differently or approaches something differently, recognizing like your way is not the only way and allowing yourself to have fun you are allowed to be silly and to play and do those things. And having kids kind of gets you out of that rigidity and can push you to do those things. So permission to have fun and accept imperfections. Okay, so that's one that's a reformer. You've got your homework. Number two is the helper. The helper, in terms of strengths, the helper as a parent is able to give, is empathetic, and is very helpful. And the safety you bring to your kids is in that like kind, caring, non-judgmental space. Support. As parents, twos are very invested in the holistic success of their child, very generous, A lot of twos will shower their kids with affection and praise, and they're great at playing with their children and listening to what they have to say. The twos, how they view the world, so we know the one views the world as imperfect and they need to make it perfect. The twos view the world as, you know, I have to be available and my value is being for other people, doing, being, showing up for other people. So the parenting style of a two, as you can imagine, is really placing value on caring, spending lots of time, providing lots of love, being encouraging. And because they're natural empathizers, it's easy for twos to step into that fixer role whenever the child comes up against an obstacle or is having challenges. So it's really important as a two to pay attention to when it's appropriate to step in and help and when you need to step back and let your child or children learn how to move through their own challenge by themselves. That's a tough one. In terms of projection, twos, because they feel like their value is being available and helping others, they feel that it's not okay to have their own needs. So twos 
tend to neglect their own needs. It doesn't come natural for them to put themselves first, to ask for help. And this can lead to burnout, frustration, not allowing time for yourself. And as we know, as parents, we have to have that to be able to show up for our kids. Triggers for twos. Again, this all kind of it's, can probably start to make sense for you. Overextending yourself. When your kids don't want your help. Worrying about how your kids feel if you discipline them, right? Like worrying that you're going to screw them up because you've, you know, made them feel bad or feeling like you have shortcomings that somebody else has pointed out. And then the growth work for a two is to work on knowing when to support, but not to rescue your kids. Waiting for your child to ask for help instead of like jumping in before that trying to ask for help for yourself, finding time for yourself, like detaching yourself from your kids and remembering that your kids not needing you or your help doesn't mean that they don't love you, that you don't have value, right? So let all that sink in. That's a big one for the twos. And I imagine there's a lot of twos listening. Okay, number 3 is the achiever. The achiever is all about, you guessed it, achieving. (laughs) So as a parent, some of the strengths you bring are self-confidence, you're energetic, you're goal-oriented, you're super productive and motivated, you're a natural cheerleader or coach, like always pushing your children to be their best. Children of threes tend to be exposed to a variety of opportunities, extracurricular activities are often very organized and responsible. The parenting style of a three is, as you can imagine, as threes are, you know, all about achievement, they can have high expectations. They might like love to have a reward system for their kids, like a star chart or or like a way to earn money or something like that. Threes are naturally success oriented. And so sometimes they can push their own goals on their children. We all see this, right, on the soccer field or somewhere. (laughs) And while some children are okay with pressure and achievement, others just like they're not into it. They might be exhausted by that or feel like they can't live up to expectations. So it's really important for three parents to take a step back, reflect on what part of them is pushing their child because they think their child has like an opportunity versus it's serving them, especially as kids grow up and start to learn what their own desires and interests are, right? And allowing them to pursue those. Projection for a three is that it's not okay to fail. And this is why threes are on the Enneagram. Threes are the busiest number the busiest type because they feel like they constantly have to be busy because that's how they feel like they're achieving. So threes can be very exhausted. (laughs) In terms of what might cause stress for threes, feeling like they're failing as a parent or having their failures pointed out, kids not taking your advice, or when you feel like your kids should be putting in more effort and it's not enough, right? So it falls into that, like, it's not okay to fail. We have to achieve. So really paying attention to 
how you view the expectations for yourself and what that looks like for your kids. The growth opportunity is, again, it makes sense. For threes, it's working on respecting your child's qualities that aren't the same as yours and focusing on your child without multitasking because, again, threes can be busy and distracted and feel like they constantly have to be doing, accepting setbacks and really acknowledging like it's okay to fail, it's okay to have setbacks, it's okay to not achieve all the things. And same for your children. Okay, number four is the individualist. Fours are very creative, expressive. They're very intuitive. They're deep thinkers. And they have the ability to sympathize. As parents, they love sharing the things that they love with their children and doing it with them. They encourage their children to be introspective and emotional because they're so comfortable. So if you have friends that are deep thinkers, really hate small talk and just want to talk about like all the heavy things happening, they might be a four. Fours, they just feel safe to express themselves in whatever feels best. They have a love of exploration. Maybe it's dance or music or painting or drawing, but like it is a form of self-expression. So a strong appreciation for the arts. So as parents, obviously, they want their children to experience this as well. Fours can sometimes overwhelm their children emotionally. And so it's important to just pay attention to how much you're involving your children in that aspect. In terms of how fours project, they value being authentic and different And so fours are very like hyper aware of trying to be different and not conform. So things that stress fours are feeling like they're missing something in their parenting, forced to do what everybody else does, and inauthenticity, like major stressors for fours. In terms of what fours can work on as parents are... Using more structure in life, balancing feelings with facts, so not like getting too heavy into the emotional side with kiddos. Fours, because they love to live in like the creative space, can put off mundane tasks or be pretty loose with structure. So, you know, working on those areas and focusing more on strengths and less on what you're missing, which is really important. Okay, number five. Are you with me still? (laughs) Number five is the investigator. The investigators are fascinating. If you're an investigator, you just love to collect knowledge and can never learn enough. Fives are also the number on the Enneagram that is the least emotional. So while we learn that fours love to talk about deep things, share a lot of emotional things, fives are the opposite. They would prefer small talk or no no conversation. <laughs> As a parent, fives bring a lot of wisdom, objectivity, analytical thinking, big picture thinking, independence, put an emphasis on exploration and discovery, make it a point to travel, to expose their children to a variety of ideas. They're very patient and curious. 
parenting style, again, they love showing and explaining to their kids their interests. Lots of library trips, documentaries, trips to museums. Fives actually prefer like toddler, older kids to babyhood because they can't really converse with babies <laughs> and they are in their heads so much and want to talk about like growth. And it's important to note that fives are very much introverts, which doesn't always reflect in their kids. They need to understand that their kids' social needs may be different from their own and figure out a way to manage both sets of needs in a way that feels good. And to understand that their personal social limits and me time allowances might ebb and flow during their kids' younger years. So fives really love spending time alone. And so you might have a friend like this, or it might be you where you just prefer to like on your Friday night, be curled up in a blanket, reading or watching a documentary, like then being around people. And so as parents, it's just important to recognize like, okay, your kids actually need that socialization. So balancing that in terms of how fives feel, it's not okay to not be knowledgeable. And it's not okay to express strong emotions. So we have to be careful to not project that onto our kiddos. In terms of what stresses fives out when it comes to parenting, too much noise, not being able to control a situation, too much socializing, and not getting enough like me time, recharging time. Very, very stressful. And as we know, with little kids, this can be the norm. So really trying to find that balance for yourself. And then in terms of growth work, mindful of your energy, saving enough energy for your family. So trying to get like recharge when they're not around or they're at school or something like that. Practice listening without needing to know all the facts and being more open to emotions, yours and your children's. Okay. Number six, the loyalist. Sixes are the most anxious number on the Enneagram. What I often say about sixes are they are the ones who bottle the toilet paper at the beginning of COVID. They prepare for the worst case scenario. So as parents, what strengths a loyalist brings as a parent is with their trustworthiness, their protection, their loyalty, their skeptical nature in a healthy sense sense of responsibility, preparation, you know, those types of things. Compassionate, supportive. Their kids feel safe, like they have someone they can count on that they can depend on. A parenting style of a six is definitely mama, papa, bear mentality. They can be a helicopter parent, but they're also going to stand up for their kids too. They pack more than others just in case. <laughs> Likely to always have the first aid kits, the extra snacks, all of the things. They have two ways that they deal with their fear, which is they either lean more towards the cautious side, while others might lean more towards the this is scary, so let's conquer it side. You might fit into one or both of those. Sometimes sixes can go overboard, right? In the protection or the preparedness. Maybe if you're a six, you over baby proofed your house or 
You had a lot of cameras when you had babysitters over, right? Like we think in terms of precautions and, you know, just being fearful and not super trustworthy or trusting, sorry. In terms of projection, sixes feel it's not okay to trust themselves. So constantly just second guessing themselves, right? Or what's going to happen? What stresses sixes out, as you can imagine, might be a change of plans, unknown situations, COVID, a pandemic, lockdown, all of those things. Having to make important decisions, other people questioning your parenting style, your kids being bullied or having trouble in school, those types of things. And the opportunity for growth for a six, if you're a six, managing anxiety levels, right? So of my six clients, and I have quite a few, we do a lot of work around getting out of our head, into our body, a lot of breath work, meditation, anything that kind of just brings you back to being present, trusting their own decisions, remembering that you're an authority to your kids. So when they challenge you, you can stand firm. And just trying to loosen up and have more fun, right? Easier said than done, I know. But again, we are not looking to change overnight. These are just opportunities to grow. Okay, three more. (laughs) Number seven, the enthusiast. Oh, sevens. Sevens want life to be fun. Like anything that's not fun, they don't want to be involved in. They live by the motto, like life is short, YOLO, you only live once. So as a parent... Sevens are optimistic, they're confident, they have so much enthusiasm, they're super positive, very spontaneous, open-minded, and productive. As professionals, sevens are really great at taking initiative. They're visionaries, they're people that get things up off the ground, started, really great assets to a team. As parents, They lighten the mood. They strive to have fun, create memories for their kids, childlike nature, which really allows them to connect to their children. Sevens, in terms of parenting, love to allow their kids to experience different things in terms of travel or adventures, trying new foods. They love to be out and social. So very different from our fives who are like, yeah, I'm good with a blanket and a book on Friday. Sevens are like, what can I do? What can we do this weekend? Kids of sevens are usually pretty fearless and joyful, but because of of the frenetic pace of sevens, they can become overwhelmed or become less adventurous children, right? It's, you know, again, There's a reason we all behave the way we do, and it does go back to how we were raised and our own parents. So we, you know, things to just recognize. Sevens, because they naturally enjoy taking risks, their children don't always respond in that same way, right? So seven parents might have to adjust. Like you might have a child who's like, yeah, no, I'm not into doing this zip line thing that seems feels really scary to me whereas the seven parents like let's go let's do this so just being aware that like your child might not be like you so sevens are also just not interested in boring things <laughs> mundane tasks like housework and cleaning and maybe cooking so this might be a challenge if you have a partner and you know balancing th- that type of stuff in your relationship 
How sevens feel is that it's not okay to dwell on negatives. It's not okay to depend on anyone for anything. Sevens might try to tell themselves they should be grateful for what they have or, you know, just really trying to reframe things. And sometimes that can be unhealthy. What stresses sevens out are things like if you feel like other people are having more fun than you, having to do like mundane routines. So, you know, a one, the reformer loves routine, loves organization, loves to do the things that make them feel like the house is clean and orderly and picked up and, you know, all of this stuff. Sevens are like, yeah, no, that stresses me out. Not getting out of the house enough. If your kids are sad or negative, and in that kind of thing. In terms of growth for a parent that is a seven, it's working on getting your family's opinions on social engagement and activities before making them and remembering that, you know, what you might want to do might not be what your children want to do. Being more open to painful feelings, yours and your children, sevens tend to throw themselves into adventure and fun to avoid feeling. So paying attention to when and if you're doing that and becoming a self-disciplined authority figure for your kids. Okay, number eight, the challenger. So eights love to be in like a power position. They're great leaders, protectors, right? They stand up for what they believe in, the underdog. So as a parent, they're very supportive, protective, authoritative, have a ton of courage, passion, self-confidence. They're leaders, so they can be firm. And their children will learn responsibility and accountability. And they know that their parents have their backs. And eights typically are parents who encourage their children to be tough in the face of, you know, obstacles and challenges and to not give up on their dreams. Like that's definitely a mentality of an eight parent. Again, let me remind you, and let me just say this because I didn't at the top of this, we all have every number in us. So if you take an assessment, you'll learn how different numbers show up in your life and in your personality. So you might hear this and go, oh, I do that too. Oh, but I, I do that too. That's because when we take an assessment, you'll find out what type you think like, what type you act like, what type you feel like. And so that may be why if you're listening to this, you're going, oh, but I I do that and mm, I could really work on that. So again, the beauty of the assessment is it gets super detailed um, and can help you see how you show up. I'll give myself an example. I act like an eight. I feel like a two and I think like a seven. So you could see that that has a lot of different things. So as a parent, I definitely show up as a challenger in terms of pushing my kids, being supportive, protective, leading them in terms of how I act and in business too, right? But in terms of how I feel, I show up like a two. So twos are helpers. So I feel like I need to be available, I need to be supportive, I need to help them emotionally, be there for them. And then I think like a seven, which is our enthusiast. So 
I think about experiences. I think about the future. I think about trying to have fun and that kind of thing. Okay. So I digress a little bit, but I wanted to just circle back and share that we have every aspect. And it's really cool once you take the assessment to get pretty detailed on where you're at. Okay. So back to the challenger. That's what we know about them in terms of their strengths. Parenting style is much like a six, very mama, papa, bear-ish. They want to protect their own. It can be a bit of my way or the highway at times. They might value having their kids take self-defense classes so they won't be vulnerable. That would be me. They're also natural disciplinarians, so they're prone to shy away from vulnerability. And this can be difficult if we want to raise children who are in an emotionally safe space. So as parents, eights really have to make an effort towards emotional vulnerability as an example for their kids, right? So like in my house, we do a lot of around sharing feelings. We have like a whole feelings poster where the kids can talk about today how they're feeling. They know it's okay to be angry or to cry and we learn how to use those emotions, right? So it's something that we all know we and recognize as important. And depending on your personality, it can be challenging or really easy. And so this is a really great thing to have insight on. Eights have big personalities and sometimes their kids can feel overshadowed. So paying attention to that as well. How eights feel are it's not okay to be vulnerable. Like the world is cruel and we have to protect ourselves. That's kind of how the eight sees the world. And so what can stress eights out and cause a lot of stress are things like unintentionally wounding their kids, when others try to control you, having to be vulnerable, when your kids lie, that's a big one. And the opportunity for growth work for eights are working on trying to let your kids make suggestions and decisions allow them, empower them to lead, listening without trying to win an argument, showing vulnerability, interacting with your kids in ways that they need. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting long. So let's finish with nine. Nine is the peacemaker. Peacemakers really hate making decisions. As it suggests, they love calm, serenity, don't love tension, don't like to fight. So as parents, some of their strengths are unconditional love, super accepting and easygoing nature, very supportive, great listeners, fair, diplomatic, trusting. They literally keep the peace through their ability to see all perspectives. Again, a wonderful number to have on a team. In terms of parenting style, they're typically the nice parent. They're the mediators. They say things along the lines of like sharing is caring. If you're with a partner or married and you're a nine, you might be the good cop where the other parent is the bad cop because nines do not want to rock the boat. Nines are very perceptive and understanding. They empathize deeply with the world of their children. They're very creative in how they approach problems and their kids are always free to to be who they want to be. In terms of projection, nines feel it's not okay to assert themselves. 
So they definitely lean towards peace, which means they sometimes find it hard to follow through and say no. They tend to take on the role of conflict counselor for everyone in the house, which can be incredibly exhausting. And things that stress nines are when there's conflict and fighting within the home, feeling pressure to make a decision, saying yes when they really want to say no, kids taking advantage of them, that kind of thing. So the growth work for a nine are working on giving yourself permission to say no when you mean no, learning how to resolve conflict instead of avoiding it, prioritizing things that need prioritizing instead of procrastinating, those things. Let's stop there. Okay. I really piled a lot on in this episode and I hope you followed along. If not, hopefully you can replay this, take some notes. Again, this is a multifaceted assessment. This is a multifaceted personality resource. So it's not just black and white here. There are a lot of different things that are involved And I'm just giving you kind of the very specific each type. It gets so much more fun when you have some of the other details that I was talking to you about. So if you're interested in exploring this, definitely reach out kelly at kellytravis.net. We can get you hooked up with an assessment and we can have a call. If you know your Enneagram and you've been around the Enneagram for a long time and you're very familiar with it, hopefully this helped you in terms of parenting. Thank you so much for being here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and you know another parent that would get a lot out of it, please share. I love just exposing this to other parents. Okay, that is it for me. I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Peace out.